The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Okay, Isaiah chapter 9, beautiful, famous Christmas verse that I want to read to you this morning. It says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And Daniel quoted it this morning. For unto us a child is born. This was prophesied 800 years before Jesus Christ came. The book of Isaiah was written 800 years before Christ. And it's prophesying so beautifully the Christmas story. Just, just think about it. It was written 800 years. They already had the, the scriptures already there. And it's prophesying the coming of the king. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government, that word government means the rule, the authority, shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called, here it is, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This morning, I want to talk to you about his name being Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean? wonderful counselor. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I just pray that this morning you will open up the scriptures to us that every single one of us might receive a word from heaven and that as we go through this Christmas period, this word will penetrate deep in our hearts and be a guide to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Most, most of you know that Juliano um, is not Anglo-Saxon. It's, uh, it's Italian, and uh, I was born in Australia from parents that migrated uh, from Italy to Australia. My dad came to Australia in 1951. My mum came in 1958, and uh, they, from, they were born in the south of Italy and not highly educated. Um, dad did three years of school. Mum did no school whatsoever. But still, intelligent people, not having had opportunity to be educated, one of their dreams was to come to Australia and be able to educate their children. And so I'm a recipient of that dream and uh, very, very grateful. But um, what happened in the 60s is that my parents started to be asked by the relatives in Italy if they could come to Australia can we come? Can we come? And, and so my father was, uh, was instrumental in getting a lot of the relatives across. And, uh, and consequently, mum and dad were living in Newcastle at the time, and they were able to settle down in Newcastle. Well, in, in the late 60s, one of the people that migrated was my mum's brother, whose name is Natale. Natale translated means Christmas. That's his name. How many of you would like to call a kid Christmas? Uh, so we call him Nat for short. It's Uncle Nat. And, uh, and Uncle Nat wanted to find work and he could drive. And so he decided that he would become a driving instructor. And so Uncle Nat became a driving instructor and then encouraged my parents to learn to drive. Now, you've got to just picture in your mind where they came from Italy, only the rich people drove cars. Only the rich people owned cars. And his uncle Nat encouraging my parents, you've got to learn to drive. You live in Australia now. You can afford to buy a car. 
And so my mum put up a hand and she said, I'll learn to drive. And so my mum was the first to learn to drive. She got a license before my dad. Go the girls. And so, uh, and so then, then, then dad, not to be outdone by his wife, also learned to drive. And so I think it was 1969, our family bought their first car, a 1968 white Ford Cortina. <laughs> Go, baby. And, uh, and, so, and so they were drivers. So it was so interesting because at the time, I mean, 1969, I was 10 years of age. And now that they could drive, well, let's go places. And so my dad had a sister in Sydney and she lived in Marrickville, Sydney. And so the idea was let's do a road trip and visit Auntie Teresa that lived in Marrickville. And, uh, and we knew how to get onto the Pacific Highway. And so they'd get onto the Pacific Highway and just drive from Newcastle to Sydney. But they could, they could somehow get to the Harbour Bridge. But Marrickville is south of the Harbour Bridge. How many of you know that once you cross that Harbour Bridge, you are in foreign land? <laughs> and so they'd cross the Harbour Bridge. And, uh, and you know, this is way before... Uh, GPS. This is what, they couldn't even read roadmaps. I mean, it was just we'll cross the bridge and hope for the best. <laughs> and so they would get hopelessly lost. And uh, and so they they would ask directions. And how many of you know that directions to Marrickville from anywhere is complicated? And so you know, after about the third turn right, turn left, they'd forget and they get lost again. And so then turn right, turn left, go straight, go this, that, and they get lost again. And after about an hour and a half of being hopelessly lost, Dad worked out the idea, why don't we call a taxi? And so he'd stop, call a taxi, and he'd say, we need to get to Marrickville. You lead the way, we'll follow you. (laughs) And so that was the only way that they could get to Marrickville hail down a taxi, lead the way, pay him the money, and that was the only way. So uh, we just would get hopelessly lost. And, and I can't even begin to think, if someone had said to my dad at that time, there is an invention coming. And this invention, whatever address you type in, it will actually give you the directions to get there. My mum still can't work it out. You know? When I've got the GPS on in my car and the lady says, turn left, she says, how does she know you need to turn left now? <laughs> she goes, how does she work that out? How does she know where you are? And I said, oh, mum, they're really intelligent these days. They, they work it all out. She says, try to explain global positioning satellites it's just like it's just way beyond and and just imagine imagine someone was saying to you in 1969 there's an invention coming that will not only tell you how to get to your destination but tell you how to get home it's like i can't i can't understand this well that's what jesus came to do he came to give us direction in life and tell us how to get home that's why his name is wonderful counselor that word counselor 
means the direction finder. That word counsellor. But before we get to counsellor, can I talk to you about wonderful? (laughs) Wonderful. Because somehow what happens in life is that words lose their power when they are used too frequently. I mean, we say wonderful for, wow, that was a wonderful piece of cake. How many of you know that sometimes cakes are wonderful? But wonderful literally means to make you stop and wonder. Wonderful literally means eye-popping, jaw-dropping. Wonderful means that you are stopped in your tracks and you say, I have never seen anything like that before. That's wonderful. It creates wonder. It creates awe. His name shall be called wonderful, jaw-dropping, eye-popping, make you stop and have awe. And then the following word, see, see this, is, this, is, this is the beautiful aspect of the name of Jesus. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And Counselor, we've kind of lost, again, the meaning of that word. But when you do a word study of the word Counselor, it means someone who stops to advise. Someone who more than gives you counsel also gives you purpose and helps you to devise a plan to get to your destination. How awesome is that? That we have someone who's come all the way from heaven to give us a plan to get us to our destination and then to get us home again. His name is Wonderful Counselor, the one who gives us guidance. How many of you know that life's a journey? How many of you have had an incredible 2016? How many of you can come to the end of 2016 and say, best year ever? How many of you come to the end of 2016 and say, can't wait to press restart? How many of you come and say, whoa, this has been an interesting year, uh, to say the least. Can't wait for 2017. See, the thing is this, that life has It's twists and turns. With every single one of us, I I love it. I love it when I come around the corner and there's the green pastures. It's just rolling hills and green pastures. I love it when, when I come around the corner and there's the still water. How many of you love it when there's green pasture and still water? But you know what? Sometimes you come around the corner and you see the big sign, you are now entering Death Valley. And all you see is death and destruction around you. Well, you know what? That's Psalm 23 right there. He leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So life's twists and turns We'll take you to green pastures, we'll take you to still waters, but we'll also take you through Death Valley. But this is where you need your guidance system, because you don't want to park in Death Valley. You don't want to stay there too long. You want the road through Death Valley back to green pastures and still waters. Can anybody say amen to that? So, so, so how do you get direction in life? Because sometimes, how many of you know that um, you can just keep going around in circles? 
How, how many of you went to Canberra back in the old days where roundabouts weren't as common as they are today? And so you get stuck on some of those roundabouts and you just keep going round that roundabout in Canberra. How many of you remember those days? I tell you, I don't know how many times I circled Canberra. Haven't we been here before? We just keep taking the wrong turn and not finding the right turn off and just keep going round and round and round. The children of Israel were like that. They said, haven't we been to this mountain before? That's familiar. Well, how many people do I know They keep making the same mistakes over and over again simply because they don't get divine guidance. And that's what his name is, his wonderful counsellor, the one who gives us divine guidance, our divine GPS system to go through life. That's wonderful counsellor. Can I give you some scriptures just to help you understand that that's God's will? Psalm 23 verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Proverbs 3 verse 6. He shall direct your paths. Psalm 48 verse 14. He will be our guide even to death, even to the end. Psalm 73 verse 24. You will guide me and your counsel with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Isaiah 30, 21. I love this. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. See, can can I just say that one of the reasons that I feel so blessed is that through life, I've asked God for guidance. I've gotten to so many intersections in life, and in those intersections, and at those intersections, the confusion is which way do I go? Do I turn to the left or do I turn to the right? Some of you have just finished high school and you're at that intersection. What do I do next? What's the rest of my life is in front of me? You need divine guidance. You need divine guidance as I needed divine guidance. I, I, you know, I, I, I tell you, one of the stories that just is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and you know how many favorite stories I've got. It's like Anne's favorite Christmas carols. She's got lots of favorite Christmas carols. I've got lots of favorite stories in the Bible. But one of my favorites is the story of Ruth. How many of you love the story of Ruth? He's this girl that got married to live happily ever after and then finds that she's married in a family with all the guys die. So the father-in-law dies, and then the brother-in-law dies, and then finally a husband dies, and she's left with just her mother-in-law. In, and, and her mother-in-law was a foreigner in her land, and the mother-in-law decided she's going back home. And so she says to Ruth, hey, Ruth, I, I, I can't do anything for you. I, I just can't help you anymore. I'm going back home. So why don't you go to your folks and, and just try to start again? So here's Ruth at the crossroads of her life. Her sister-in-law as well was at the crossroads of her life. And he's Naomi saying, I'm going this way. Why don't you guys go that way? And what does Ruth say to Naomi? She says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going where you're going. Your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Where you die is where I want to die. She, made, she was at the crossroads of life and made probably the most important decision she's ever made. And that was to go with Ruth. The sister-in-law decided, I'm going to go the other direction. Now, we're talking 3,000 years later. 3,000 years later, who's ever heard of a sister-in-law? 
The road that she took took her straight into oblivion. But with Ruth, the road she took actually made her the great-grandmother of King David and put her in the family line of the Lord Jesus Christ. What an incredible intersection that intersection was. And how important it is for us at the intersections of life to receive divine guidance. And how, it, how important it is for every young person in this auditorium to, when you come to the intersections of life, to not be full of fear and anticipation, thinking one wrong turn and I go into oblivion, but just to know that his name is Wonderful Counselor. That he's going to be with you if you just turn, make that prayer and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever you want is what I want. He will lead you in the paths of righteousness. How many of you know that takes all the stress out of it? That takes all the stress out of it. Can I, can I very quickly tell you in two words how to, how to find God's will and direction for your life in two words? How many of you think that's a pretty good deal? Two words to find God's direction in life, God's will in life. Do you want to know this, Josh? Two words. Here it is. Number one, the first word is attitude. Attitude is probably the most important thing that we need to get right to get God's will and God's direction in life. Attitude. Because a wrong attitude is a selfish attitude. A wrong attitude is what I want. Whereas a right attitude is, can I trust God? A right attitude is this humility of heart that says, God, because I trust you. Wow, what an important thing it is to trust somebody. Too many people go through life not trusting because they've been hurt. But can I just say this, that God will never hurt you. There's no one that loves you more than Jesus. There's no one that loves you more than God. There's no one that has your best at heart than God. And this has got to be a revelation to you. And if you don't get that revelation, then your faith will always be lacking. I love uh, what Kathy Walden said around communion this morning. Lord, help my unbelief. And all unbelief is, is not trusting God. It's, it's not, not being able just to stop and say, God, you've got this. Come on, don't we say, God, you've got this. I know that's been the theme of 2016. God, you've got this. And so many of you are still wearing your little, your little wristbands. God, you've got it. Because it reminds you that you don't have to have it if God's got it. And if God's got it, he'll see you through. But that trust that God's got it basically says, God, I'm willing to settle my desire is down to chase your desire because I believe that whatever you have for me is better than what I have for me. Just think the story of his Ruth at that crossroad. If she chose to go, I mean, seriously, everybody's advice is your mother-in-law is going to nothing. She's got nothing back in Bethlehem. She's got nothing back in Israel. You're a Moabitess. You're from Moab, Ruth. You are going to be treated as a foreigner, as a refugee back there. Go home. There's plenty of food back home. But her attitude was, I I really sense that I need to go with my mother-in-law. There's just a sense of God leading and God guiding. 
And this is what Isaiah says. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk you in it. And the attitude of saying, God, it's not my will, but your will be done. I'm telling you, it will always bless you at the end. It will always bless you. One of the reasons that Anne and I are so blessed, and we wake up every day and we say, God, thank you for the blessing upon our lives, is because we, at every crossroads in life, made that decision. Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? We will submit to your will. First word is attitude. And can I just say for some of you that kind of are confused about the will of God and you're making it a place, can I just say the will of God is never a place. It's always an attitude. When you get your attitude right, God will get you in the right place. But even if you're in the right place with the wrong attitude, you're still out of God's will. How many of you know that? Yes, attitude is the will of God. It's attitude. It's this submission. It's this, I trust you, God. And that is the essence of Christianity. I trust you, God. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do because I believe that your will is the best way for me. Attitude. Here's the second word. Are you ready for it? The second word to find the will of God is peace. Just this peace. When you are in the right path, peace will follow you. When you've made the right decision, peace will follow you. Peace. Peace. Colossians 3 verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That word peace means to be the umpire, to make the decisions. Let the peace of God. Colossians 3 15. I know you've got the signs for the... uh, the baubles in front of you, but it's Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God. There's just something beautiful about the peace of God. Can I just say something to you? Jesus is called what? Prince of peace. Can I just say to you that nobody can counterfeit peace? See, Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the one that brings peace. One of the things that the enemy can't counterfeit is peace. He can't give you peace. The only thing the enemy can ever bring you is anxiety, but he can't bring you peace. And so when peace settles in your heart, then you have come into God's will for your life. But when there's no peace, I wouldn't make a decision. I don't make a decision when there's no peace. See, see, my head can say all sorts of things. That's not where I'm looking for peace in my head because my head can be totally confused with a lot of bunch of things. It's in my heart that I need peace. And this is where Jesus lives, in your heart. And he brings peace in your heart. And when he brings peace in your heart, you know that's the way. Walk you in it. Can I just say that that Isaiah 55 verse 12 is another beautiful scripture for us to to learn. And and this says, for you shall go out with joy. And here it is. And be led out with peace. This is what the scripture is saying is that peace is going to lead you. The peace, the peace of God. And what a beautiful thing it is in the midst of a storm to have peace in your heart. What a beautiful thing it is to have peace. Do you know, last Sunday, we were called to uh, Felicity's. Felicity Freeze, who passed away this morning at one o'clock. Last Sunday, we were in Newcastle visiting my mum. We get a call. Felicity is phoning up people saying goodbye. She believes that within a few days she's going to go. And so Anne and I rushed off to the, 
to the um, to where she was uh, the palliative ward where she was uh, staying, and she was very lucid, very lucid, and uh, she wanted to talk about passing from this life to the next life, and just wanting the peace. And so we were able to pray with her and give her the peace and explain to her that, um, that what's on the other side is eternity. What's on the other side is Father God who's waiting for you with open arms. And you could see just the peace just resting upon her as we began to explain what the transition is from this life. We weren't afraid to talk about death. We weren't afraid. We, we went, oh, no, we can't talk about this. Come on. She's about to transition. It's time to talk about this. It's time to accept this. It's time to embrace this. Why is that? Because Jesus is our peace. One of the things that we know as Christians is absent from the body means present with the Lord. You know, when I, when I, she, and then she began to tell me what she wanted in a funeral. And she was able to just dictate what she wanted in the funeral, the songs that she wanted to sing, the Bible verses she wanted me to read. And, and it was a wonderful thing. And then, and then she told me what I must do to stay in the ministry. Keep your integrity, she said to me. Keep your integrity. She pointed a finger. She says, keep your integrity, John. I said, okay, oh, well, I've been doing so for 36 years and I can do it for another 36. Glory to God. I love that. But what a beautiful thing it is just to see people walking in peace because it was time. See, she wasn't out of the will of God. You know, how many of you know that, that death for us as Christians is not failure, it's victory. See, see, when you're in the will of God, nothing is ever failure. Everything is victory. When, when you're where God wants you to be, it might look like this is a disaster, but God's able to turn every single disaster. You know, Seriously, think about the center of our faith is a man upon a cross with nails in his hands. How many of you think that's disaster right there? But God turns that around and makes his death our victory. How many of you can see that when you're in the will of God, he turns everything around and makes it a victory? And that's where your peace can come in. What the enemy wants to do is steal your peace and drive you away. But today, it's time to get your peace. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.